Welcome to Down Trails of Victory Podcast, brought to you by Wrinkle Ford Creative Arts, the podcast that is seeking undiscovered stories from the trails of Southeast Texas. Your host is Dr. John Buck Ford, author of Down Trails of Victory, and his podcast partner, Judge Brad Burnett. Now sit back and enjoy today's special guest as we learn how they left their mark and influence on Southeast Texas. Hello, listeners. This is Buck Ford, along with my podcast partner, Judge Brad Burnett, and welcome to Down Trails of Victory podcast. Brad, how are you doing today? Buck, I'm glad to be here, and I'm looking forward to diving deep into this incredible story. I just cannot wait to hear, hear what, what the listeners are going to hear today. Yeah, I tell you, Brad, we just got another dynamite show today, man. Yeah. Today, we've got Lou Ford. Lou Ford, the baseball player from Port Natchez Groves. Do you know Lou Ford is a 1994 summa cum laude graduate of PNG. He's an All-American baseball player at Dallas Baptist. Holds a single-season batting average record of 507 at that university. He was voted into the NAIA Hall of Fame. Drafted in the 1999 draft by the Boston Red Sox. Named the Red Sox top five-tool prospect by Sporting News in 2000. Played six seasons of Major League Baseball with the Minnesota Twins and the Baltimore Orioles. And that includes four playoff series in those six seasons. Brad, this gentleman has a career that took him from PNG to many different locations, including Venezuela, Mexico, Japan, the Dominican Republic, and Canada. Currently, he's a player coach for the Long Island Ducks, a pro baseball team in the Atlantic League. That's quite a resume, Buck. Lou, I want to tell you, thank you, Lou, for being on Down the Trails of Victory and being part of our team. No, thank you guys for having me on. I'll just mention this because I didn't hear it, but Buck Ford is my father, you know, so he was a big part of my life growing up, being involved in sports and everything. But yeah, thanks for having me, Brad, and thanks for having me, Dad. I don't know what to call you on here, Buck or Dad, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's a little different than a, the normal interview, but thank you for having me. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be on here, too. I'm, I'm happy for you guys. The best of luck with this this podcast you guys are doing. It's a, it's a great a great thing. I'm really excited to be on here. Brad and I are very excited about what we're doing with the podcast, and we're just extremely excited to have you on there. And we are geared toward Southeast Texas. Uh, We have a love for Southeast Texas. We've invested a lot of our lives in Southeast Texas, and you're a native of Southeast Texas. I mean, you spent your upbringing in Southeast Texas, Lou, and starting off, you've become a success in baseball, but can I can I can I pause just a minute before we get into that? Yeah, yeah, Lou, sure. I wanted to ask you, and I'd like to know where you got the name Lou. <laughs> Quickly, the the history behind that name. 
I got the name Lou from my grandfather, Lewis Ford, who, uh, you know, he was, a, he was a great man, great all, just a great man. And, you know, I'm very proud to have his name. You know, he, he's involved there with Poor Nature's Groves, uh, won the state championship, was a football coach. and A head football coach. Head football coach. And <laughs> I grew up around him every day till he passed away. And I'm proud to have his name. That's for sure. Lewis. Lewis Ford. Well, he would yeah. certainly be proud of you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Buck, I, go ahead. Thank you, Brad. Lou, you know, a lot of our listeners, they themselves have gone through the peewee leagues, the t-ball leagues, the little leagues, or, or they have children that have gone through it. Even girls now are going through softball these days. Can we begin with your earliest experiences with baseball in Port Natchez? Yeah, I started playing, I think it's t-ball at five years old, but I played a lot of pickup football, wiffle ball with the local guys around the neighborhood and my brother, Shelby, Ben Jeffrey, John and Brandon Deckard. You know, we used to play the churchyard around the street, the you know, this field over there on Port Natchez Avenue. We we used to, you know, play pickup games all the time. You know, so sports it was a big part of my life growing up. And it was competitive. These pickup games were competitive. You know, we, we would get into it. It was fun. But I really, I guess, started to take an interest and started to notice that I was good at this sport around Little League. I see. About 10 years, about 10 years old. We have a great Little League at, at Port Natchez, too. You know, let's say, you know, I just had a great experience. I had to, we could ride in the back of trucks in this parade right before the season. <laughs> I don't know if they can still do that down there, but we used to get in the back of the truck and go to the, you know, ride through a parade and go out to the stadium. They'd have all the teams there and everything, a big ceremony. And I remember those kind of things. It was just, it was fun. And I think around little league, that's where it's like, I'm pretty good at baseball and I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. So I do remember, you know, some of the coaches I had down there, some of my teammates then, and I was on the Yankees. <laughs> I do remember that. The Yankees. I remember when you played on the Little League Yankees, the atmosphere and the environment and everything on the Yankees. It was serious. I mean, it was serious about baseball, wasn't it, Lou? That's my impression I got. Yeah, and that might be a part of why I remember it so well is, uh, yeah, it was it was intense. You could play from 10 to 12 years old, so I was 10 years old. I was playing with some older guys, and on the Yankees, we won the league that year, and I think I was batting cleanup on that team. I was probably, you know, I don't even know if I was five feet tall or whatever, <laughs> but uh, I wasn't a very big kid, but something kind of clicked with baseball then where I was starting to really hit the ball. I hit my first home runs then, 10 years old. Just, you know, I have good memories of that. Okay. And then, the you know, we had a really good team. We had a really good team there that I end up playing Football, I guess, with a couple of those guys later on. I think Mark Gasson was on the team. Moose was on the team. You know, Moose. Who, who is Moose? Chris Myers. Chris Myers. Yeah, Chris Myers. Yeah, yeah. I, I like. You know, I liked Moose. He was on there. Big pitcher for us, and you know, we had a really good team with with guys that I end up going to school with and playing playing football with later. And your coach. The coach with Jerry Hanlon that year, and then the next two years I had Bob Strafas coaching. Oh, yeah, I knew those two guys, too. He, uh, again, uh, he was intense and loved the game and liked to motivate the players. Oh, yeah, good with, good with kids. You bet. Yeah, yeah, and 
you know, I, it just made me more interested in it. You know, it just made it more interesting the way that that played out those years. And before that, and even after a little bit, you know, I, I hate to change the subject on it, but I was playing a lot of sports right. growing up. You know, I was playing soccer probably more than anything. I was playing in some select soccer and we'd travel around and I loved soccer and we played basketball and we played football and, you know, we kind of played baseball and I did love baseball, but it, it just seemed like it was something that right there, it kind of clicked and I was good at it after that, I would say. I can remember yeah. being pretty good at it after that, after that year, that right. little league time. Like you say, you had a wide range of experience down there. In fact, that one of those soccer teams you played on, they went played in England, right? You went to England to play soccer, right? Yeah, and I think about all these things and being a parent myself, you know how much time and effort the parents put into sports for their kids, you know. So, you know, my parents, you know, I appreciate you and my grandparents getting me all these different kind of sports. You know, we we really had an opportunity to do almost everything down there and that was just another great opportunity to experience that going to England and stuff with soccer. But yeah, I really appreciate my parents giving me that opportunity. I felt I could have done anything, you know, they would brought me to it and supported me doing it. So that's something that is very special too. Well, you know, uh, the way things are structured and everything below middle school level, there's a lot of community leagues going on, church leagues, things that young children participate in but once you hit middle school you start representing the school you're putting on purple and white so you went to port nature's middle school did you participate in all the sports they had offered there when, when you got there yeah yeah i'm pretty sure i did i know i played basketball i had coach mcgarra over there and he was one of the first ones that had us over there working out at like six o'clock in the morning before school and I played football and I ran track. I think you were coaching track at some point. I remember talking with you about track and things like that. And I was always kind of fast. I don't know if I was the fastest guy there, but one of them. So uh, we were doing like four by 100 and things like that. You know, I remember running track there and pretty much anything available I was doing yeah. sport wise and school wise too. I was involved in a lot of things there, you know, around the school. So yeah, it was just a typical kid i think then you know involved pretty much in everything and when you get at that level you're in middle school and everything then you start having contests against other schools that are wearing their colors right. like you're going to go to needland or you may go over to port arthur and you're going to be playing kids that go to port arthur thomas jefferson or port arthur lincoln you know yeah did that have an eye-opener for you? Anybody that you would see when you'd go, say, to Port Arthur, start seeing some of the athletes that they got coming up over, over there in South County? Yeah, I feel like, you know, overall that we were, uh, or maybe I was a little physically not mature as some of those other guys were, I guess, at, at seventh and eighth grade. And I do remember going over to Woodrow Wilson playing basketball. Now, I think it was a seventh and eighth grade team that went over. I think I was in eighth, and maybe we were watching some of the seventh grade. But they have a lot of good basketball players over there, obviously. But they had a I, they had a guy, Stephen Jackson, who ended up being a huge player uh, in the NBA and everything. Oh yeah, 
I, I remember this guy just, we walk in and it's loud in there. It's a pretty packed place and they're warming up. And most of the time when you do these warm-ups, these guys come in, you know, you're doing your layups. Yeah. That's what I'm doing, a layup, you know. This guy's coming in on his warm-ups and 360 dunk, throwing it <laughs> off the backboard. And just And just a loud noise, too, you know, when you hit, when it, when it hits that rim, it's just a boom. The whole place, you know, yeah. is like just chanting. They're all like just in unison clapping and stuff yeah. for this guy. And he's just... He's just tearing it up. He's got to be seventh grade or whatever he was, and just you know, <laughs> you're like, what? What did I just walk into here? <laughs> We're in trouble. Look at this guy. I can't stop that. Nobody's stopping that. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's just how it is, I guess. Like I said, they, you know, some guys mature some quicker than others, and he was, he was definitely, uh, he, he was a big kid. And yeah, and we we were just like going, oh, uh, we're in for it today, we're in for it, you know. <laughs> we kind of knew that going in though when we went over there. We knew we were going to be in for it because they're usually really good. Yeah, yeah. Anything else about the middle school, Lou? Again, I think that was the time I went to play soccer over there. I played soccer all up through high school. It's a huge difference, you know. I I think maybe I'll talk about this later on how many games I played. But in Little League, I'm pretty sure we're playing around 10 games a year. You know, 10 games a year. That's not very many games like in baseball. No. So, And a lot of guys nowadays, they have these select teams. They're playing hundreds of games, you know, a lot of games for the kids. So, I, you know, I really didn't have a lot of experience compared to some of the other kids, I think, playing baseball because – like I said, we're we're playing like ten a year, so it, it's very limited, I guess, that time period with baseball. Yeah. Okay. So you're getting out of middle school, you're going to high school, and all of a sudden you're starting to see the kids coming in from Groves, and they have you know, all the activities that go on at Port Nation Groves High School and so forth like that. What are your some of your remembrances about hitting PNG High School and going in those early years while you were there? Yeah, I think probably a lot of kids are like this. I mean, growing up around football, you know, I knew I was going to be playing football. It was just, that's what I was going to do. And, you know, once I got into high school, my freshman year, it's like, hey, I'm finally at the high school, you know, I'm playing football. Or at least, yeah, I played as a freshman, but it's still, football is just a huge part of the experience there at P&G. It's like no other. So it's still, football is number one for me you know i'd say right then it is for sure you know i can remember the pep rallies and seeing those guys that you know were on the varsity and they'd come up and talk and you know everybody's going crazy and it's like i'm gonna be over there one day you know this this is really great so it's one of those things they say you know it's like uh, high school football in texas is just there's nothing bigger <laughs> and i got to grow up in that environment where, where it was number one and um, you know, be a part of it. So that's sure. what I was looking forward to when I was a freshman, yeah. is being up there as a junior one day, you know, playing on well, the varsity Speaking field. of a, being a junior, that was a 1992 football season, correct? Correct. Y'all were the district champs, and wasn't uh, Coach Tim Owen the head football coach? That's right. Yeah, and, and I think you had an injury. Was that the year you, you had a, a hand injury, Luke? I did. I I had an injury both years. That year I broke my hand, and I was wearing a cast. 
but I still played. Okay. I played the that that season, but I had a cast on. Was I was limited, but I was still able to play. So. Okay, good. Okay. I do remember that year actually. Had, we had a great team. Had, I know we stomped Nederland. You know, just a blowout. I mean, it was yeah. It was a huge, huge blowout. I remember that. I do remember a lot of guys from that team. Your son's on there, Jake. Yeah, Jake was a senior. All state team leader, captain of the defense, and uh, he's he's a guy I was looking up to on there. You know, just probably like everybody else on the team. Well. He was a big, big player for us that year. You played defense. You were in the huddle with Jake. Yep. What kind of guy was he in the huddle? Tell me about Jake, he, like know, on the football I mean, field. From what I remember, he's a motivator, you know. He was getting guys motivated. They needed to get yelled at or just yelling maybe at the other team, whatever it is. But <laughs> he's a motivator, and he was motivating, and he'd, he'd crack a smile every now and then. But sometimes, you know, you'd look in his eyes, and he'd be – He'd be locked in like, uh, you know, I don't want to get in this guy's way. He's coming. He's coming in there, you know. <laughs> yeah. So he's a very intense guy. You know, that's what I remember. He, I guess he had to be. He was a, the leader of that defense. So that's what I remember about it. You were a junior, and you, you played on the football team, 1992, and then you played baseball. And right. tell us about that season. Do you remember? I do remember that season. And when I was a freshman, I played soccer for PNG. I didn't play baseball and I ran track. The next year, I just decided I'm going to play baseball. I'm going to I'm going to have to quit soccer and then I ended up quitting track too because it was kind of overlapping, but I just felt like there was just a better opportunity for me to play baseball. Yeah. You know, in the future, maybe in college or something where I didn't see that. And so I was a little behind because I didn't play my freshman year. But I remember my junior year, I started off as a pitcher. I was a pretty good pitcher back then. I was pitching, and you know, I wasn't playing every game right away. And then somebody got hurt. I don't even remember who it was. Mid-game, he's like, "Oh, you know, Lou, you're you're going in." And it was, I guess, it's kind of like one of those Wally Pip things where you know, I never came out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I never came out after that. I I know I got a triple my first at bat. Wow. That I remember that day, I got a triple, and, and I never came out after that. Okay, first at bat, this is on the varsity baseball team, right? When I came in for somebody to start, or whatever, when I came in, I had a triple that game, for sure. A triple? My first at bat yeah. that I came in. That's when Lou said, you know what, I kind of like this game, you know? <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm pretty darn good at this. You know, I, I think it was something that definitely came naturally to me yeah. a little bit, you know, but I loved it. I loved it, but it wasn't my first love on there, but it's one of those things where, you know, this is, I grew to love it more and just, I was good at it. Yeah. You know, I was really good at it. So that, that makes you uh, yeah. like it too, when you're winning. I always said anything <laughs> you're really good at, you love to do. And anything you really love to do, whether it's fishing or playing golf or playing baseball, anything you love to do, you're good at it. It just works that way. Yeah. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah. Well, who was who was your coach? We're still in the junior year, I guess. Uh, who was your baseball coach? And, and did you have any uh, other friends that went on and succeeded in the baseball game? I did. My coach there was Doug Riccio. Okay. He was coach every year for me. He was good. I mean, we had good teams there. He was yes. and he was working with me on pitching and he was a hard worker and, and a good coach. You bet you. Yeah, he, he was. Helped a lot yep. of people. and a good coach and I had some friends, yeah, that 
end up playing afterwards uh, in college. David Benura and Todd Judice, who you know were probably my close friends there on the baseball team, you know, especially our senior year, and we end up all going to play. Really, Todd and David did. I didn't go to play out of high school, but both those guys went on to play. And some of the other seniors on the team, good friends of mine, John Barnett, Colin Cobb, Brandon Resendez, Josh Davis, Trek Gidry, Eddie Bird, Mitch Bynum, Martin Austin. A lot of these guys I'm still good friends with. We had a good team. We went to the playoffs. Yeah, I remember that. You know, yeah. got knocked out. But it's one of those things where the other team got to choose whether – they were going to play a one-game or three-game series, and they chose the one game. I guess they had a good pitcher, and it was a single elimination, which I guess is a little strange for the playoffs in baseball, but that's the way it worked out for us. Yeah. But I, overall, you know, I had a great experience there. Sports at P&G, I mean, it's well thought of, I guess. You have a huge fan base, and the fans love it. And I mean, even the band you know, I think about it, the band there from the, on the football games, once that Cherokee comes out, I mean, you, you <laughs> yeah. can't help but get goosebumps, That's right. right? I mean, I hadn't been there in forever, but yeah, it, it was a great experience down there. Yeah. Before we get out of your high school baseball career, just throw out a couple of things. We talked about that football season of 92. The quarterback that year was Jay Musser, right? right. And uh I know he was a good baseball player too, right? That's right. Do you have really any, good. As far as Jay Musser, Blue, I know you've to- talked to me a couple of times. He was a good. He was an excellent quarterback and, and an excellent baseball player. Yes. I, I, you look back, and there's some guys, I guess, that kind of stick out. And like I said, Jake, he's just a leader, and and Jay was the same way. I mean, he's a a leader. You know, he was a leader in that team as a quarterback he is the same way in baseball him and I were both pitchers we'd run like a two-man rotation pretty much you know you play two games a week in district and it was him and me and switching out but he was a good athlete you know and a good leader yeah I I liked I liked Jay I know he went on to play a little bit in college too right so yeah and that district that Port Natchez was in in baseball was very very competitive particularly with Nederland Bridge City, West Orange Stark, those clubs, when you played them, you had better been strapped up because if you weren't, you were going to lose the game because those teams wanted to win, and they were very competitive. Do you remember any of the players that might have played on those opposing teams that you remember as, hey, these people are good, or this person is good? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. You know, I remember all those, or a lot of those guys, you know, specifically Niederland, who was our rival, was also really good in baseball. They had a couple players that were really good, but their best player was Eric Kamak. He was a pitcher, you know, and he was a hitter too then, but Eric was a really good baseball player. He ended up playing in the major leagues, so he ended up being a really good pitcher, but you could tell, you know, I, I think I was, you know, I thought about this later when I got into pro ball. He made it to the major leagues before I did, but I got to face him in high school, you know, like we're two future major league players playing against each other. And I think that experience, I was comparing people to him when I would face guys later, especially in college. I was like, ah, oh, this guy's not, I faced a guy better than this in high school, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure guys maybe say that, but I did, 
You know, he was a very good pitcher, and you can tell, I guess, the location and the crispness of the pitches, whatever. But I didn't see pitchers like that for a long time. Even in college, it's only a handful. So that was good, too, to have the experience of facing good competition, preparing you for that in the future. And I remember Eric. And, you know, there's another guy that comes to mind over in Bridge City is Matt Bryant. Well, he was a kicker, right? Professional football. Yeah. He was a he's a kicker, but he he played baseball. He's actually a really good baseball player then. I didn't know I remember him playing baseball and pretty sure being a linebacker in football. And uh he ends up, you know, has a nice career as a kicker, but he was a, a guy yeah, I do remember I remember him specifically now because he's kicked in the NFL, but he was a really good athlete, all-around athlete that was really good at baseball. I think he was a oh. catcher over there. And, you know, so there was a lot of talent in that district there. And West Orange Stark had a really good team every year, too. And they had a pitcher. He was like a junior or sophomore when I was a senior. And he ended up getting first-round draft money and making it to the big leagues, too. His name was John Patterson. So I had faced a few guys in high school that were major league quality pitchers and it definitely helped prepare me for different people I'd be facing in the future after that. And while we're still in the high school, Louie, Ben Weber, he's well known, graduated Port Nature's Groves High School. He was older than you were. He graduated before you. He claimed to fame down there is he was a pitcher for the Anaheim Angels when they won the World Series. Do you have any recollections about Ben Weber? Ben Weber used to he used to come work out with us uh, when I was in high school there. He'd come back and throw bullpens and run and stuff like that. And I think he, he might have been in the minor leagues or he was going to the University of Houston, one of the two at that time. But he was at home and he'd come work out. He'd throw bullpens. Maybe some guys would stand in. I, I do remember him, you know, having, you know, it's kind of a, you see this guy, you're kind of looking up to him because he's kind of where you would like to be one day, maybe in the minor leagues or playing college baseball like that. So, yeah, I was looking up to Ben Weber. He had a, he was driving himself a nice car and he brought so out you were checking and, all the boxes, right? <laughs> yeah, I was just looking up. I'm, I'm looking up to this guy. I, I didn't look. I just remember that he was he was doing pretty good. That's great. You know. That's what's was good about seeing good. a role model, hearing a role model. I'm sure he, he spoke to the team or whatever, and that's so important. Yeah. This, yeah, this can be me did. one of these days. He did. He did. And, you know, I appreciate that. It's little things you, know, yeah. you, you don't really think about, but maybe they have an influence on somebody. Bef you know? Before we get out of this also, I wanted to ask you, Lou, what was the recruiting like your, your senior year? Any colleges? Did you have any opportunities? I talked to – Lamar, Lamar was right here. Sure. K-Mac ended up going there. They were heavily scouting K-Mac, and, and we played them. You know, we he pitched against us, and they were scouting me a little bit. But from what I remember, Gilligan called me up, and this is back when there's no cell phones. Right. I, I think about this a lot. It's like, man, how was I getting in touch with all these people? There's no cell phone, no Google. Yeah. Like, how do you find the phone numbers for these people? But he got he got my uh, 
phone number. He called me up and was like, hey, you know, we, we'd like you to come here, but we're not going to – we don't have a scholarship available. We want you to walk on. Well, I, I don't know what this even means at the time. I don't, I don't think I'm fully grasping what a walk-on is. Walk-on. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm just going to – I just go to school there and maybe I get a chance to make the team at a tryout yeah. or something. You know, that didn't appeal to me. And I didn't have any other offers. So I had applied to Texas Mm A&M. You know, like being from Texas, I I think about it. There's really only two schools that I was even thinking about going to. And that was Texas A&M or University of Texas. I think I put into both those schools. And then Lamar, too, since it's right there, too. But, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about a junior college. I wasn't thinking about D2, D3. You know, I'm... I'm thinking Texas A&M, University of Texas, probably like most kids, you know. <laughs> Back a bit to 1994, you graduated Fort Natchez Gross High School. Right. You had an opportunity to go to either one of those schools, I believe. Yes, they accepted me. And, you know, my dad went to Texas A&M, right. finished out his school there. And I had been up there and around campus and I knew all about the 12th man in Cal Field and that whole experience. And my grandparents went to University of Texas. I had a ton of family that live in Austin. So I chose Texas A&M. That's where I wanted to go to school. Baseball wasn't even on my mind. I wanted to go to Texas (laughs) A&M. What did you want to major in then? If baseball wasn't on your mind, what was on your mind? What were your school goals at this point without baseball? I started out with a electrical engineering was my major. Okay. Electrical engineering. I was good in math and enjoyed working with computers and figuring things out. And that's what my major was. And I was right on track to do that. Okay. You're on track to become an electrical engineer. Baseball is not even in your radar. What happened? This is 1994. 1994, I play – I'm going to bring this up because I do the same thing the next year. But in 1994, I play in a summer league after high school that's a Babe Ruth that's based out of Nederland. We go to like a regional. K-Mac's on the team with me, and other good players are on that team. But that ends, and school starts, and I'm going to school. You know, I I thought that might be the last I'm playing baseball, really, but – I go to school thinking that I'm just going to take my classes. I'm living in a dormitory. I'm going to do the bonfire. I'm going to do all this stuff. But I grew up playing sports. I still love sports. So I start playing basketball, pick up football games or whatever outside the dormitory. A guy's playing catch out there with a baseball. So I was like, I'll play catch. I play catch with this guy. And he's like, hey, I'm going to the Texas A&M baseball team their tryouts are this weekend or whatever i'm gonna go over there you know i was like hey i'm gonna go i want to go too i played baseball in high school you know so <laughs> so, <laughs> so you- i go out to that i go out of this tryout and i really didn't put much i i think about it i didn't put a lot of effort in to that tryout and i showed up i think with some soccer shorts on some soccer cleats probably <laughs> soccer socks <laughs> You know, and like a T-shirt. Okay. And I uh, didn't look like a baseball player at all. <laughs> no. And, uh, Did you have a hat? I, I don't remember. I probably had, a, you know, the the mesh hat or something. Maybe <laughs> I found a hat there. Okay. 
you know, I do the tryout. How many people were there, Luke? There had to be 150 at least. It was a huge amount of people. There was a lot of people there, you know. Yeah, I do the tryout. I'm pretty certain I was the fastest guy there. I don't know how they judge anything else there. But, you know, it's kind of eye test, I guess. But I do know I was their fastest guy they had. But So I thought I might have a shot at making it because of that. But they post, they have two cuts of this thing. And they post like a sheet, the first round of cuts. I remember going up, looking at that sheet. And I wasn't on there. I didn't make the cut. And, you know, I might have been disappointed for a couple minutes. But I really wasn't that disappointed. I was like, oh, I, you know, I, I really wasn't even planning on doing that anyway. I'm just going to go to school. Okay. Which I did, and I played a lot of sports that year, but uh, you know I didn't play baseball, so <laughs> it's kind of strange that I ended up where I did, you know after after yeah. that. Okay, what what happened the next year? So after that year at Texas A&M, I come back home to Port Natchez, and we have this Babe Ruth, which my eligibility was still up there. I could, I'm still eligible because of my birthday have a late birthday and i just played this babe ruth league you know really it, it, like i said it was it's kind of it was a little natural to me i guess to hit because you know i hadn't played baseball since the year before but i was i was hitting really well i remember hitting really well and so this babe ruth team the the all-star team we end up going to a world series it's in trail british columbia which is a you know that's that's a long way from port Natchez, texas but you know, we had to win a couple tournaments to get there, and it was a big deal to me. It is something that changed the way I felt about playing baseball. I mean, it was World Series, and there were people, tons of people there. It's like a beautiful ballpark up in the mountains in Canada, and we're playing against teams from all over the country with great competition and things like that. And I had a couple. I think they might have been D2 or D3, but I had a couple colleges that had talked to me there and had offered me to come to play with them. And, you know, so baseball and this this is the summer and then it ends up, you know, this is ending at the end of August, right before I'm going back to Texas A&M. And I'm living it up here in baseball and I'm, I'm loving it and I don't want this to end. You know, I, I want to keep doing this. This sure. is great. And so I couldn't see myself going to play like in Washington or something, at least at the time, D2 schools. So I'm like, I, no, I'm not going to go to these schools. I'm going to I'm going back to Texas A&M and I'm going to make that team. I'm going to go play for Texas A&M. You know, so that's what I was thinking. You know, I, I'm going to find out when that tryout is and I'm going to go over there. I'm going to be ready this time. You know, I'm going to, for one, look like a ball player and maybe, you know, do something before. <laughs> yeah. And just kind of have to make your presence known, I guess, is how you put it. But you don't want to stand out in a bad way. But, yeah, I had it in my mind that I was going to make that team going back. What had done that for me was playing in that Babe Ruth League that summer. I think they had a picture on the Internet of that team a few years ago. That was a great experience. Yeah. So, so that brings you back to the fall of 1995. Right. At Texas A&M. Now you're a so, sophomore. Now, what time, when, when are the trials? Are they in the summertime or fall? The tryout was, I want to say, in September. It was early in the school year. And 
it's just an open tryout to the student body, you know. So there's a lot of people there. It's a big university. And, you know, the baseball team's pretty popular oh, yeah. there. It's, uh, I mean, it's nowhere near as popular as football, yeah. but they have a really good fan following. And a beautiful facility. Oh, beautiful. I mean, it's. <laughs> I felt like I maybe skipped a few steps by, you know, later on when I think about me trying to go right to Texas A&M. But, uh, you know, it, it is beautiful. It, it really is. And so I go to this tryout. You know, I'm wearing my uniform from that Babe Ruth League, you know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I got my uniform on. Hey, I'm a, yeah. I'm a player, you know. Yeah. I, and I go out there and I, you know, I'm talking to the coaches and trying to get them to see me. And I did try out, too, for a pitcher that year. Told him, hey, I, you know, I can pitch. I can do whatever you need me to do. About, about how many were out there? About the, probably the yeah. same. Probably about 150. And I do the same thing I did the year before. I'm not any faster. I'm like about the same speed. I do all the same stuff. And I don't know if it was just, yeah, the, maybe the confidence or whatever, or the opportunity arose. But I go up to the first cuts check the sheet with the cuts and and my name is on that list i made the first cut you know of that sheet and it's like one of those feelings you know that you you don't forget like you accomplished something that you set out to accomplish so i felt great and it just validated what i was thinking before about me making the team how many were on that sheet i want to say there was uh 15 people or so maybe maybe 20 Somewhere in there, about 15, okay. maybe 10 to 15, somewhere in there. I like that, Lou. Now, tell me, I, w- I want to ask you, you said it was one of those feelings. Explain that. Yeah. Explain how feelings felt to you, because we've all had those. <laughs> Satisfied for right. that moment, you know, like, hey, you know, this is what Success. I was trying to do. and Yes. yes and a little bit right. of motivation I, I, yeah, to get out yeah, there the that next was, day I, and I, I knock that. a home run, you know? Right. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, the net, that just, like I said, validated That's it. The best so I, I was even more hungry okay. now. Even more hungry. You oh, know, I like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm making this. You know, I, I made that first cut. I'm making this. So I go out to the second cut, and it just felt like that the coaches, you know, they were going to keep me. They were just joking around with me. They were just always gotcha. singling me out or whatever, but in a good way and. I was just relaxed at that point. I, I'm making this. You know, I, I don't know. I just felt like I was. Yeah. But he he pulls me in after that. Mark Johnson was the coach. And he pulls me in after. He's like, hey, Lou, we're going to keep you. You're the only guy that we're going to keep. I wanted to let you know that. You're the only guy we're going to keep out of this trial. Oh, and... Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I just got this. Did you have one of those feelings again? again? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, You're I giving it to me. I feel it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, I had this a lot in oh. my life, but, you know, like he, you know, it just, again, kind of validating. It's like, all right, well, let's go. I'm Let's go. I'm, you know, now I'm going to be a starter on this team is what I'm thinking. All right, well, next thing I'm going to have to do is start here. But, yeah. You know, I they I loved the guys there at Texas A and M. They helped me out. The coaches were great there. And I say the other part of that he did mention too. I remember he's like, "Hey, you know, you're gonna 
pitch. You know, we have a guy, that, we have an outfielder that is not going to be able to make it for some of our scrimmages because he's got class, you know, so we need you to play outfield, right field, and we can always use an extra arm pitching. So it just, like, worked out that I was yeah, needed, too, right. you know, that they needed me. But, yeah, yeah it was it, – it, it, it's it's crazy talking about it later on because I know I mean I had to be pretty lucky to to get chosen you know to get chosen for that yeah well Lou they have a saying what is it uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity you know some people say there's no such thing as luck mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about you know as you're talking about this this is you're in the foothills of of a career that with 2021 hindsight because we're in 2021 but looking back at it you have a a career of just momentous but mark johnson keeping you one person out of 150 people and had he not kept you you look at the different directions that could have gone i mean that shows how one person that mark johnson i don't know if he's listening to the broadcast or somebody that knows him, listen to the broadcast, but your daddy would like to shake that man's hand and, and sure. congratulate <laughs> congratulate him for not only having confidence in you, but for, for being a good dadgum evaluator of baseball talent or something. I agree with you. Anyway, that's my reaction to that story. That That's it a good story. Like a, at that time, you got one of those feelings too, right? Oh, we'll have to interview later. Tell you how. Tell me how you felt, Buck. Yeah. What happened then? What happened in the next year? Or the baseball season, I might add. I feel this is the same way about Mark Johnson, and I feel like he did he was really the first one to give me that shot. I guess into college, and you know, like <laughs> it, it's. Uh, if I didn't get in that, I'd, I'd probably have just gone to school and there wouldn't have been baseball. I don't know. Maybe. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? But so anyway, yeah, at the end of this fall, I've done their fall season. Mark calls me in, Coach Johnson. And I'll tell you that I told this a couple of times. But they, I, I think it's kind of funny. And maybe this, maybe a lot of guys do this, but he calls me in and we have to evaluate everybody on the team from the hitters and the pitchers and I was both so I had to evaluate both and and you kind of rank them by first to last and then you go in now I have a meeting with coach Johnson and he's got yours he's got the coaches and he's got the players all the other players and you know it's kind of an average of where you are on each of those so he he calls me in he's like hey Lou uh you know I want to talk to you about this and He's like, hey, you got yourself rated as the second best outfielder on the team. You know, we have you as the eighth, and I think there was only eight. <laughs> and uh, and as the the players have you as seventh, they have me like ahead of somebody. But he's like, uh, how did? He's like, what do you what do you got to say about this? You know, how can you explain this? And I I remember I was like, I told him if. If I put myself below third, I'm I'm not even going to be playing. You know, there's only three outfielders <laughs> yeah. on the team, so I I I got to put myself in the top three. And yeah, that's why I didn't want to put myself on the edge either. So I, I just put myself at second. <laughs> he's like he's like, well, you know, look at this guy you have here at fourth. He was all conference last year, and I was like, I was thinking to myself, like I. I 
I don't know that for right. one. And I don't even, I really didn't care at right. the time, you know, it's not, <laughs> I didn't research these guys, you know, am I supposed to do some research and evaluate off of their previous or their high school uh, merits? I don't know, but he had it on there. And so anyway, after that, he's, he told me, he's like, look, you know, we're, we're going to have to recommend that you go to a junior college and play because you don't have a lot of playing experience we don't see you starting here. He said, you could be on the team, but that's not going to be fair to you if you're only playing a couple games in the year or whatever, not getting many at-bats when you need to get at-bats and play in every game. You're not going to be able to do that here. So again, Mark Johnson has made a very, very good evaluation of me. You know, he did. He really did. To, to suggest- I'm glad you, you took it that way, Lou, because it, it sounds like yeah, that came from a good place. Some people could say, oh, look, he's just trying to get rid of me. Yes. I'm glad you saw it that way. No, no, no. He, he made a good evaluation and, and he was trying to help That's me. That's good. You know, sure. because I, I appreciate that. And I had to do a lot of soul searching at the, at the moment because before that, I'm on Texas A&M to get an engineering degree. So if I go to JUCO, I could still maybe do that in the future, but I'm, I'm kind of putting this on hold yeah. and going all in on baseball. So I decided to go all in on baseball at that time. You know, I had a friend that was playing at Seminole, David Benura, sure. who I yeah. mentioned earlier, and he found out I was trying to go to a junior college. He's like, you got to come here. You got to come here. And he was telling me about it. And I did. I went over there and played with him at Seminole Junior College. So that, that's how I ended up leaving Texas A&M. You've completed your freshman year and sophomore year? or, or you, you, you joined the junior college as a sophomore, is that correct? So for the eligibility in college, and it varies a little bit depending on the division, but since I did not play baseball my freshman year, they're considering that a red shirt. So my sophomore year that I was just – playing right there i'm considered a freshman eligibility wise even though i was a sophomore school wise you know so i was a freshman there at seminole and i started my athletic clock at seminole and i had really good coaches i was very fortunate to have good coaches even starting in there at seminole his name's lloyd simmons called him z another well-respected hall of fame thousands of wins coach and you can't help but learn and get better with these guys you know they they really do care i like to hear that i'm giving i'm glad you're giving them a shout out there yeah 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 why'd they call him z oh well i'm not exactly sure but i i think it's zero tolerance z he was zero z stood for zero so he had zero on his jersey and uh you know, I was standing there one time and somebody had asked him, you know, where'd you get your name Z? And he said it was his sperm count, <laughs> his dry face, like he, no smile. And I was sitting there like I want to start laughing, but I couldn't because he, he was like a tough guy. So, you know, he was a funny guy, too. But uh, oh, I think it was zero, zero tolerance. He's Z. <laughs> All right. Okay, and then uh, you're you're appreciating coaches. That's what it's all about. Yeah, 
And I, I, I'm doing coaching now. So, you know, like, yeah, that's part of it. You know, you kind of take a little bit from everybody. You see like what they did that helped you and, you know, try to pass it on. Right. Yeah. So you finish out the year at Seminole, right? right. So Seminole, I, I think this is a common part of me in baseball was that yeah, I, I was kind of an underdog, I guess you would say, because like I said, in high school, I was pitching and then, you know, somebody got hurt and I ended up playing every day after that. But it was similar at Seminole that I was pitching. They had two teams there. They had a JV and a varsity. And so they had a lot of guys. But I came in at the middle of the semester. They had me closing right away. So I was a closer and I was playing outfield on the JV. I wasn't on the varsity outfield or whatever. And this guy, you know, he had a great program and he had the two teams so that that JV and then the varsity was mostly sophomores, you know, and I was considered a freshman, but those guys had played the year before, but I end up eventually just working my way onto that varsity team. And it took probably halfway through the year before I was playing on there, but I had worked my way up and I was pitching and hitting there by the end of the year. And I, it, the things I, I, I'm trying to think back, but there were some things I was focused on and I guess some things I, I don't know if I was, but you know, after that year at Seminole, I played that summer, some guys at Houston, I think. And for some reason I went back to Texas A&M that fall and I did not play baseball or anything. Yeah, okay. I don't know why, but I'm just thinking back. That's what I did. I didn't play baseball. I don't know if I'm pretty sure Z Z told me he wanted me to come back and like sit out for the fall because of eligibility things and and not take classes and it just didn't didn't fit with my mind. He he was probably right to be, if if I wanted to do it, but if I wanted to be eligible, but I didn't want to. I felt like it was going to set me back in my classes, and I was like, ah, I don't want to do. I don't want to take nine hours and not be a student you know and Lou how did coach how did coach Z's team compare to Texas A&M coach Johnson's team uh, was that was that something you were battling you weren't comfortable with it could have been I, I don't the know personalities I mean, we're, the, we're talking about it but I, I liked him you know I liked him yeah but yeah the personalities are different you know like it's just different at a JUCO yeah you know it's different at the JUCO and maybe I had this idea in my head about Texas A&M, and I still wanted it. Yeah. But there was a lot of good players there, and at Texas A&M. You know, that was the big thing. Is like I, I'm thinking I should be going there out of high school, and then I get there, and everybody on that team is really good. You know, sure. over half of them are, like, drafted already out of high school. And they said, no, I don't want to go to the pros. I'm, I'm going to Texas A&M. <laughs> you know? yeah. and there's a few of, like that at at Seminole too yeah. they were drafted out of high school but it opened my eyes to talent that is out there that, you know there's a lot of good players but I go back there Texas A&M but that Christmas break I was at home in Port Natchez on my couch and a guy called but I think he was a baseball coach at Westbrook for a while. his name Jacob Walton he calls me up I had played with him in a summer league and he's he's at Lee College and he's like, hey, uh, we need an outfielder over here. You know, would you be interested in coming? I was like, yeah, I would. 
that quick. <laughs> and then uh, and then he's like, hey, okay, well, I'm going to give you the coach's number here. You call the coach up. And so I was like, I called the coach. I ended up going there to Lee, Lee College. And again, I was just sitting on the couch in between semesters there at Texas A&M. So I could have just kept on again going to school and baseball would have been left behind. But I wow. get there to Lee College and that's where – I really uh, started to get some recognition, I guess, in baseball. I think I was all – I know I was all conference, all all region or whatever, so – and at JUCO. So I was having a bunch of schools contacting me about going to play the next year where nobody was contacting me when I was at Seminole. I thought I did all right. I don't – I have no idea what the stats were. I have no idea, but uh, – what, what class are you in now as far as eligibility at Lee? That is my sophomore, sophomore year. Okay. So you get two years at a JUCO, two years of eligibility. Okay. This is my second year. We're playing Texas JUCO, which is arguably the best in the country. San Jack is probably the best JUCO in the country all time. They're out of Houston. They were in our conference. So we were playing San Jack all the time. They were like right down the road from Lee, which this was Lee's last year with a baseball team. You know, I'm, I'm on the last team they had at that time but again i could have been in a completely different place but i I feel like again this is another spot where i knew i was going to be playing baseball at least at that time i was like i i'm i'm playing baseball these colleges are calling me and you know i have like some options now about where i want to go to college i actually called texas a&m and i was like hey you know you remember me lou ford i'm you know, I want to come back there. I'm at Lee College right now. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I remember Lou. You know, what, you know, how, how are you doing over there? Yeah. <laughs> I told him, I told him what I was doing. I told him my stats and the guy just got silent. You know, I, I think I, I like stunned him. You know, he couldn't, he, he just, he didn't say anything. And, you know, it was just a huge pause. Like he couldn't, he didn't believe it, but. He's like, ah, we're going to get somebody to come take a look at you or something. And they end up offering me like a small scholarship. But no. I don't think they they had they hadn't been keeping track of me for sure. Yeah. And they knew like when I told them, they were like, uh, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> really, my numbers, I mean, my dad put them, you know, these these numbers are like out of a video game in college for a couple years I had. So like they they. There's no way they believed it when I called them. <laughs> oh, you're hitting 500 with 50 <laughs> stolen bases and a bunch of home runs. What? Huh? But uh, this guy, I I didn't end up going back there. In the 500s? Because I know you did the same at Dallas later. Uh, I, I end up hitting, I think, 450 there, which was uh, – I think I was second in the conference hitting wise. There's another guy that I played against, and it's funny because this guy ended up playing even bit longer in the big leagues than I did. But his name's Juan Pierre. I don't know if you know heard about this guy, but he played over there. He played in in that conference with me, and him and I were both leadoff hitters. I was a leadoff hitter then, and we both had a really high average and stolen bases and we were I was competing against that guy you know Uh we were both in this we were competing against him for the same role he was good really good he ended up playing a long time in the big leagues that's a guy I do remember playing against there and you were 
in your position at Lee that it was what? Center field. Yeah, okay. It was the first time, too. Some guys just need that opportunity. When I was at Seminole, they were stacked. I came in. They already had their team. I'm having to inch my way in, you know, maybe squeeze in a couple ABs, and um, now I'm moving into right field. I'm playing right field. Lee didn't have anybody. They were getting rid of their team after that year. The guy just threw me into center field and the leadoff hitter. I just showed up <laughs> mid-semester. He'd never seen me play. <laughs> you know, I just got a great opportunity there. Did too, it sounds and like. The, yeah. Yeah, he did too. But if I'm on some other team that maybe is a little better, maybe I don't get that opportunity. So that was the good part of Lee was just that opportunity to play every day and play leadoff, play center field very laid back team we had there compared to Seminole very laid back you know that guy Z's like a uh, like a military sergeant or something out there you know he runs it really tight you know so it's just uh, easy going there at Lee but after Lee I go to McNeese you, you concluded your community college or junior college eligibility right right okay that's, so now you've got to go to a, a four-year a four-year college. I got to go to a four-year. Okay. So I signed to go to McNeese, a D1. The guy gave me a good scholarship to go there. It was close to home. It's right across the bridge, and yeah, I thought it was a good fit for me. And I get to McNeese, and I, I've got my associate's degree too from Lee. So I, I have a you know a two-year degree. I get in there. I register for my classes. We're not even a week into baseball practice. The coach calls me in. I had Coach Bianco over there. He tells me that I'm ineligible, not even a week after being there. I don't have enough hours towards my degree. It's confusing to me because I went through a an officer or whoever schedules your classes there with the athletic department, and they signed me up for these classes. You know, I, I, I was upset. To say yeah. the least, I was upset. Yeah, how am I ineligible? I I came here. I did everything I was supposed to. You know, I went through the register or whoever signs up for classes and looks at your degree plan. Anyway, I'm ineligible. Mm. So uh, I had a bad reaction to that. It was a, definitely a learning experience for me, but I kind of I took a self-destructive reaction to that where I'm in this place and I don't even know why I'm here kind of reaction you know like why why yeah. am i here i you know i came here to play baseball and you know now i can't do that and you know this is kind of pointless so i didn't put the effort that i should have into my classes at that time and the guy bianco comes back later you know i'm laughing about it now but i'm not i wasn't laughing you know yeah. like i'm not laughing because it's funny i'm just laughing because i can't believe how dumb i was you know <laughs> but uh bianco comes back and is like hey uh you know i i filed an appeal with uh the the d1 and they said you know they're gonna grant you eligibility <laughs> i'm thinking to myself like i hadn't been to my classes in months you know <laughs> coach i've already uh, does he know out this? does he know you think this? i was ineligible eligible earlier Look at my grades now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God, oh. I just, you know, oh. now I got to tell him this. Oh. oh, man. But, you know, I, it's a, it was a definitely a learning. I, yeah, I messed up. I'm sure 
a lot of kids out there have been in this situation and yeah. or in the future, you know, don't give up. You know, essentially don't give up, yeah. you know, because the things could have worked out there, too. If I would have just done my stuff in class, yeah, I would have been fine. Yeah. But I gave up because he had told me, you know, I'm ineligible. And I'm like, oh, oh man, you know, what am I doing? Yeah. I messed that up. That's that was my fault. But I wasn't going to let it end like that. You know, I'm not going out like that. You know, I put in this effort and uh-huh. the coach. I mean, This is the thing about these coaches. I, I talk about my coaches, but this guy, he had to he had to feel like something negative toward me i don't know i feel like it but the guy still was trying to help me you know bianco even after uh he went up got me eligible and then i messed up he's like look lou you know if you want to play i can try to help you find a school you can maybe go to naia or maybe i can get you a tryout with a minor league team the guy was trying to help me still, right. you know, right. and I appreciate help that. You. that. Yeah, guy, minor you league know. team means you will never yes. come back to McNeese. You know what I'm saying? That's <laughs> but, uh, there you go. Yeah. That, but he again, was trying to help like me Like I out, said, that's you know, coming but, from a good place. He was trying to help you. Yeah, I, I would have been really mad if I was him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I end up calling up a bunch of NAIA schools. And again, like I'm, I think about it. How did I get the numbers to these schools? There's no, no Google or anything. But I, I found the number. I called a bunch of these NIIA schools, and I think I got like Houston Baptist and Texas Lutherans, a lot of Christian colleges that are NAIA. And the last one I call is DBU Dallas Baptist, who I had a friend that I played with at Lee that was going there, Marcos Quiones. So when I called. Coach Harp there at Dallas Baptist told him my situation and told him, you know, I had played with Marcos at Lee and he, he got a little report from me from Marcos, I think. And he's like, yeah, come on up here. You know, I want to see you and talk to you about it. So I had a friend that lived in Dallas. I go up there like the next day, drive up to Dallas. I got nothing else to do. What, what, that's the other thing. What am I going to do right now? If I don't, if I don't find a place to play baseball, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, so I'm kind of at the end of it. <laughs> Stepping back, fall of 1997, you just you didn't play baseball. No, no, but I was I went to Texas A&M, yeah, yeah. You did go back to college though. I did go to college, but you didn't play baseball. Okay. I don't know what I'd be doing if I didn't go to Dallas Baptist. So I I go up there the next day, meet with the coach, go to see the university, gives me like a like a recruiting trip they would do he shows me around and brings me in the office it's like hey Lou we want you to play here but I don't have any money to give you but I I'll take care of you next year after this season's over for next year I'll take care of you I'm like I got no other options so I'll take it let's go I'm so I'm walking on at Dallas Baptist that's what a walk-on is but so I end up walking on Dallas Baptist and I was in great shape Brad, they, this Bianco coach at McNeese said he started incorporating powerlifting into the baseball. Mm-hmm. You know, so we were powerlifting. I hadn't right. had that since I was in high Played school. Yeah. I hadn't really lifted much since I was in high school. And I got I got big and strong. I remember I, I made the most gains on that team. It wasn't even close. 
I think I went up like 100 pounds on bench press, like 200 squat, like stupid numbers. I was ready to go. And when I went over there to Dallas Baptist, man, the ball just... The ball just started coming off my bat a little harder. I was stronger. Hmm. Yeah, that, things just kind of took off from there. They had another great team at Dallas Baptist. I don't know what to say. The stats are, are ridiculous. Yeah. The first year I was there for the whole team, too. That's spring 98 at Dallas Baptist. And you're right. That team, they had you playing center field and batting third, correct? Right. And the guy behind you, that was a catcher and hit that guy. He could hit also Cameron white. Yeah, he could hit. Yeah, he could hit. He hit like, I think 23 home runs hit like 470, and I hit 500 right in front of him. I mean, they, we scored a ton of runs and it was when you could run rule guys, you know, I don't, I don't think they have that. I don't know what they have it in division one, but I mean, we're playing like five inning games because we're, we're just smoking the other team. Yeah. You know, uh, we didn't have a lot of, I guess, at-bats because of that, because it's like the games, a lot of our games only went five innings because of run rules. Yeah. Yeah, I end up playing against one of those, one of those coaches. Really, I played against a couple of them because NAIA is all, it's a small world there, so those other coaches I was calling, I played against them when I was at Dallas Baptist. I remember playing against one of them, the regional tournament. And I I just, I, I, I probably had my best game of the season. I think it was five for five with two homers against that team and just <laughs> eliminated them out of the playoffs. And he came up to me after the game. He says, I'm like, I should have taken you. Uh <laughs> When you call or whatever, it's like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I didn't really know what to say to the guy, but yeah, I think he was regretting it during the game at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that season, I mean, that's a rec- that's a season set in stone up there at Dallas Baptist. I mean, with a with a batting average of five oh seven. How how does somebody like just set this question up? I went through, I played Little League, I played, played Texas League. I mean, to bat 500 in Texas League, to bat 500 in Little League, man, you're you're dang good. I mean, but to bat that 500 in college, over 50-something games, how, how does that happen? I mean, what the heck? How does somebody yeah, do something like that? I, I, I don't know. It was just one of those things went right for me that year. You know, I could run really fast too. So I got a lot of hits with speed, but they weren't all, you know, line drives. <laughs> yeah. But I hit, I hit my share of them. Yeah. It, like you're telling us, you came up there physically, you know, you had buffed up. I mean, you had, you were stronger. Those hits you were getting weren't like slap singles. Well, these were, you, you were powering the ball. You were getting doubles, home runs, triples. I was hitting the ball hard. I'll, I'll say this about it. This is maybe interesting. So with the bats nowadays, they have these bats. So you have a minus three or drop three to a minus five. It's the difference in the length and the weight of the bat. And, you know, they have like a recommended exit velocity and all these things. And so when I was in college, you could have a drop five, minus five. And... You can't have that anymore. The, the lowest you can have now is a drop three. 
And then the other thing is there's something with the exit velo of this bat too. It was harder back then. So I'm swinging this lighter bat that's going off the hitting the ball harder than it was. Then people can hit it now. And it was a bad time to be a pitcher. <laughs> yeah. Or a third baseman. You know, like a third baseman is just I, – I was hitting balls. I mean, they're essentially they, – they got to get it. They're just getting out of the way, you know, essentially. Yeah, they don't want to get hurt. That's how it was back – you know, they, they changed it not long after. They started, you know, lowering that bat exit velo and lowering that weight or raising the weight. But I was like in that perfect storm of just – that electric bat with, you know, I could hit to begin with. And it just, it would be hard to duplicate. You know, the home runs are way down now because of those bats that they got. You know, they're equating the bat that they use now in college to a, to a wooden bat. I see. You know, the kind of same exit velo and things like that. So it is tougher. It is definitely tougher now yeah. than it was. Lou, that 98 Dallas Baptist team, you made All-American You've come from the fall at McNeese, the season going to the World Series or the championships and all that. The season's coming to an end. What were your thoughts there? I mean, as far as your future in baseball coming to the end of the spring of 98? I was high on baseball and thinking I'm going into the minor leagues here. I'm going to get drafted. I had multiple teams talking to me and the coach there at Dallas Baptist promoted his players really well, had scouts out at a lot of games and had like scouting days and talked to a lot of scouts. And, you know, they're like, hey, we're going to draft you. I think the highest guy was telling, I hey, will draft you. You know, you're a third rounder. This is what I'm putting you in as. It's pretty high. Sure. And, you know, I'm thinking, hey, well, if not the third, you know, maybe the fourth or fifth. But the draft came and it kept going on and on. I wasn't drafted in the 50 rounds. That draft game, I wasn't drafted at all. And it was, again, one of those sinking feelings, mm -hmm. almost like I had when they told me I was ineligible at McNeese, when it was like, gosh, what am I going to do now? I, you know, I can't top this. Yeah. What am I going to do? Come back next year and hit, you know, I can't top what I did this mm -hmm. year. Maybe I could, I don't know. But in my mind, it's like, what, what else do you have to do? You know, like, hey, this is about as good as you can do as a player. I had to do, again, some soul searching. Like, what do these people even want? What are they looking for? Yeah. Why did this happen? So I had some offers, actually, that summer in the summer leagues, like wooden bat with the top college players in the country. They have a couple of different leagues. And I told them no. You know, I, I was just I was upset, essentially. You know, I got I didn't want to I didn't want to play. I told them no. And then they called me back again a couple months later and we're like again do you want to play with us we're going to this nbc world series would you want to play with us for this and i was like all right i'll do this it's because it's only like it's like 10 days or something two weeks i don't know so the reason i bring this up is this was like a a huge tournament and it kind of just reinvigorated me i got to be around these other top players and maybe they should have been drafted because i ended up playing against those guys in the minor leagues and big leagues, some of those guys on my team, it was fun again. And we end up winning that tournament, which is like 60 teams or something crazy. But we end up winning it. Our team was just stacked, really stacked. But that 
kind of left a better taste in my mouth because I kind of put that draft behind me and because I wasn't happy about not getting drafted that year. That's for sure. But what are you going to do? You know, I had to, you know, I had one more year of eligibility, so I was going to play that out. I was going to play that out. So what did you do? Did you go back to uh, Dallas Baptist? Yeah, I, I go there to Dallas Baptist. That year was the first year of a D1 probationary period for Dallas Baptist. They were starting to go D1. And so w- our schedule consisted of almost all D1 teams completely changed. So this probably helped me get drafted that next year because of the competition and guys going to scout other D1 players and right. seeing us. So, you know, my numbers weren't as good. They were still good, but they weren't as good as the year before. But I faced a lot of good pitchers that year. You know, a lot of we faced like four first round pitchers that year. Ben Sheets, I remember, probably the biggest name out of those pitchers. But we faced a lot of good pitchers, good competition, all D1. We had a great record. We go to the World Series that year. And that was in Florida. We ended up making it a couple rounds in. We didn't win the whole thing, but our team was really good. And it was a team effort. We had two other guys that end up making it to the big leagues off that team. J.J. Trujillo and Freddie Sanchez. Freddie ended up playing like 12 years. He was a shortstop. So we had a we had a really good team there that year at DBU. But the stats weren't as big, probably because of that D1 right, the competition. competition. But those stats weren't as big. Yeah. So next year, I went to a couple tryouts after the season. No, the first year I went to a couple tryouts. I didn't go to any tryouts after this one. I was just, I went to my mom's house and kind of just holed up. I was like, I don't even want to watch this draft. I don't even want to, because it made me mad the last time. What about your, 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 your education? Did you get a diploma? Here. I did get a diploma from Dallas Baptist, but a bachelor's bachelor's degree in math and computer okay, science, good. double major. But it, I got it the semester after my first year in pro ball. Okay. So I went back that fall and completed my degree, and I graduated in winter. That's when I end up getting my diploma. Well, good for you. Yeah, okay. But I, I had I was getting good grades at DBU. I was going to sure. class. I was getting good grades. Yeah, I remember going into DBU the first time, and the guys calling like, you know, hey, we have a, a meeting to work out here in the gym. And I don't know if I was somebody told me it was a meeting or working out, but I go down there, you know, after class, I got jeans and like a collared shirt on or whatever, and. Everybody there is in their workout clothes, <laughs> and they're all going. This was the first one too. Like they're just meeting me. Yeah. And he's like, you know, pretty much they do like circuit trainings. How they? I had to do the circuit training workout in my jeans and t-shirt. <laughs> this is the first experience these guys are seeing with me. Oh. But uh, I, they'll bring that up to me sometimes. You know, when I talk to those guys and. Yeah, I had a rough start there, I guess. You're the they, underdog, they, as you mentioned, the commonality. <laughs> That's funny, though. But getting back to the draft then, I, I just I didn't want to see the draft, you know. It's left a bad taste in my mouth, and it's kind of like if it happens, it happens. You know, like I'm not going to – the year before, I was almost waiting – I was pretty much waiting at home the whole day. Hey, I'm going to get drafted at some point here. Some point. At some right, point. Third round. Yeah. But that next year, I you know, I wasn't doing that again. 
I was not going to do that again. And and I never talked to the Red Sox before. So it surprised me when the Red Sox called me. I mean, it was a huge surprise when they called me. And it's like, and there wasn't, I don't think this was on the internet. This wasn't on the internet. This was like just, hey, here's a phone call. I know. I want to hear about this. Where were you? I was in my apartment. In your apartment. Guy called me. I, yeah, it's one of those feelings. I got really excited, but it was almost like I was stunned and surprised at the same time. So I didn't, I wasn't sure what was happening. I guess. Well, what did he say? You know, because I hadn't, I hadn't prepared myself for this. I, I surprised me. What do they say in a situation like that? I mean, there's not many people well, that's had a call, call from a and, pro team saying you've been drafted. What? Yeah. They introduced themselves, or I mean, how's that? Go, how'd it go? Yes. Yes. They. Hey, this is. Hey, I forget who the director was then with the Red Sox but he said you know this is so and so with the Red Sox we've drafted you in the 12th round I want to congratulate you and talk to you about your interest in signing with us I signed like right away I wasn't holding out yeah I've already held out long enough yeah at this point you know so I did tell the guy that I wanted my school paid for. The guy offered me a thousand dollars, Brad. Thousand bucks. So, wow. That's what he offered. <laughs> it's like, hey, we got you a thousand dollars and a plane ticket. You know, you look at these million dollars yeah, signing right. bonuses. I'm thinking, I'm. Eh, that sounds a little low yeah. to me. I don't know <laughs> yeah, about you. That's definitely low ball low. right there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you just sent me actually the lowest offer you could. There's probably a minimum yeah. they can give somebody, <laughs> and they. They sent that to over to start out. So I was like, uh, you know, I, I feel like I I can only negotiate up from here. I mean, they, it's like, you know, well, can I get the rest of my school paid for at least, you know, which the guy was like, well, let me talk to somebody here. So they agreed to do that, which ended up helping me a lot, actually. But essentially, I signed for $1,000 okay. and and I told them, like, hey, I'm signing, you know, right away. I meet with their area scout. He brings his, my wife and I at the time out to dinner. And he meets with us. I sign the sign the papers. And it, it was within, like, a day after that, yeah, I was flying out. Mm. I mean, it was it was right away. You know, the draft, and then they had, like, a mini camp before their – Short season starts. The short season always starts right after the draft, and it's where they send a lot of guys that get drafted. So I went over there a few days early for this little mini camp there and work guys out, and I had to leave like a day after I was drafted. I mean, it was fast. I wasn't even thinking I was getting drafted, and then a day later, you know, I'm on a flight to Boston. Okay. Lowell is where I played, which is like 30 minutes outside of Boston. Okay. Again, I got spoiled because – the Red Sox nation that up there, is and it's right down the road. You. So they were packed out every game. You know, <laughs> this, was a, this was a big, big fan base there. Now, yeah. now you went one. Day, now, what happened that first day you were there with the Red Sox? Right. Did you actually uh, practice, or did you just meet the team? Took the tour. I think we had a practice. You know, like, yeah, I don't think I got caught up too much in the size i guess of the stadiums and things like that but this was a very very nice stadium compared to what i've been playing sure. in. you know like this is this in the clubhouse i never had a clubhouse hmm. really not like this 
we didn't have we didn't really have a clubhouse at, at DBU at the time. They had like a a shed that had some lockers in it, but it, it wasn't. No one put their stuff in there. Now was this just you know, the, the new draftees meeting, or did you meet with the whole team? Did you meet the the veterans? The Red Sox that year drafted about twenty guys that were senior signs, like myself. Yeah. And they're, if you're a senior, you're going to get less money usually because you're negotiating power. But So they drafted about 20 seniors and sent them all to this league. And then they had a handful of guys that were younger that were out of high school or from another country. And they joined us. This, the way that works is they have spring training that starts right now or in February, February, March. The teams break at the beginning of the major league season. And then guys stay there in Florida or Arizona, wherever they're at, and that's extended spring if they don't make a team. And then they have to practice all summer until the draft, which is June. And then a few of them, if they're good, they get called up to play on the short season team. So it's it's only a few guys, and they were all in extended. And then the rest will stay down there in like a Gulf Coast League or Arizona League, but mm-hmm. mostly it was all college guys. Yeah. The New York Penn League is all college, you know, just a handful of guys that are uh, out of high school mm-hmm. that go up there. So it, it also makes it more familiar because a lot of these guys played against each other in college. I played against those guys, a bunch of them that were drafted. It's, the, you know, the better guys on yeah. each of the teams, but you have some familiarity with these guys already going in because – you're all college guys or whatever. It's not like that from after that. You know, there's a lot, you know, there's, I think the college percentage isn't, you know, I don't think that's making up 50%. Hmm. You know, most of these guys are from high school or, or other countries make up like a large percent too, hmm. you know, so it wasn't like that after that. It was comfortable in that way. Okay. So you're there, you're at the Lowell Spinners. What positions they got you playing, where they got you hitting in the order? I mostly was playing center field, and I was batting from leadoff to fourth and fifth. Okay. I think at the near the end, I was probably their three-hole hitter, three or four. Mm-hmm. I was hitting pretty well for them. I do remember the first game I played there. A lot of games, I feel like at DVU, we were playing in the day. So we were playing almost all these pro games or night games, almost all of them, you know, unless you're playing like on a Sunday or something. So I, I had a little adjustment to make, I think, for the lights, but I couldn't see anything. This pitcher, he looked like he was throwing 100 miles an hour. Uh-oh. Yeah. I remember as a left-handed pitcher, I think I was leading off or second the first game I played. We were playing at their ballpark, and... There was a left-handed pitcher, and it was just a blur coming in there. I was like, man, this guy, there's no radar guns or stuff up there. You know, I don't know how hard this guy's throwing, but he looks like he's throwing 100 miles an hour. How am I going to do this? Yeah, yeah. I can't even see the ball. Hey, yeah. How am I going to do this? That's what I'm thinking. And then I'm like, all right, well, you just got to focus up, you know, just try to just try to make contact here. But it was not easy right away. Like I had been used to just – hitting 500 or 450 or something in college. And now if you hit 280, hey, you're doing great. You know, mm-hmm. like, 
And I didn't feel like I was doing great. I would feel like, man, I'm getting out way more. Like, these guys are getting me out. I don't like getting out like this. But it was a little adjustment mentally, I guess, on that. But you got to get your eyes used to it, I guess you'd say, because I couldn't even see the ball at first. And this is what I tell my son, too, is like, just because, you know, you can't see the ball or, you know, you're having trouble, like, you just got to keep going. Figure out something to, to get a hit because... You know, it is possible. Like, people are hitting that thing. People are hitting it. So, I know I can do it. They're do- they're doing it. So Right. All right, Lou. Well, Brad, Lou, we're going to be closing the show now. I can't tell you enough how much I have enjoyed. That's probably one of the best one and a half hours I've ever spent listening to these stories. And, Brad, thank you. Oh. You did a wonderful job asking questions. You're and- welcome, Buck. And all, and... I've enjoyed this tremendously. Very much so. Yeah. And, uh, Lou, I mean, we'd certainly entertain inviting you to come back sometime and and share some more stories. Please do. But we're coming to a close now. Is there anything either of you would like to say before we close? Again, I appreciate the hero's journey and the rise and the fall and the redemption redemption and the underdog and and then the lengths that you were willing to go to reach this level it's incredible and uh thank you again for for joining our team today thank you guys for having thank you brad thank you dad and it was great to reminisce and share some of these stories with you guys too so thank you for having me we wish you the best lou and at, at this point thank you listeners for hanging in there with us until we meet again Happy trails to you. This brings us to the close of another Down Trails of Victory podcast. Be sure you check out the Down Trails of Victory Facebook page where you will find additional content, a schedule of future shows, contact and email information and an opportunity to purchase the best-selling book Down Trails of Victory The Story of Port Natchez Grove's High School Football. The book can also be found at Wren Boutique at 1224 Port Natchez Avenue in Port Natchez, Texas. Until we meet again, may the trails you travel be happy and victorious. <laughs>